0: So tonight we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, who is he, how did he get here, and what does he do? Now I don't intend that this is going to be the end all, we're going to go over it, but a lot of people don't really get in depth on the Holy Spirit, and that's what we're going to do. We have three or four verses in the New Testament defining the Holy Spirit, what he does, and who he is. Tonight we're going to look at each one and see what the Bible says about the second gift God gave us. Now, it's a lot more than the second gift God gave us. I'm talking about Jesus being the gift, the Holy Spirit being the second gift. So I'm talking about in orders of prominence. He gave us life. It's a gift. He gave us the earth. That's a gift. He gave us, I mean, so much. I'm going in prominence with Jesus and then the Holy Spirit. So here is the who. The Holy Spirit sent to us as the comforter after Christ died, was buried and rose again, and ascended up to the heavens. The Spirit was sent as the comforter. So John 14, 26, But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send to in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So many people read that, Uh, bring all things to your remembrance, but they forget the part where it says, whatsoever I have said unto you. So that's important to remember. Remember, this verse is written in red. That means they came, these words came directly from Jesus. Jesus is telling us that the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, the Father will send in my name. Jesus tells us the Holy Spirit is going to teach us. After the anointing of the Holy Spirit God bestows upon us at salvation, we are given a teacher. He sent the comforter to comfort the disciples in the absence of Jesus, to get used to it so that they can, can commune. He sent them someone who will remind them of Jesus and bring what Jesus said to them to their remembrance. One who works on our heart, teaches us the mysteries pricks our conscience tells us right and wrong if we but listen and heed the warning of the spirit we have a Holy Spirit we have a Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit of God and he is here for us he was sent here to comfort us he was sent here to bring Jesus words to our remembrance he was sent here to be our helper our friend our comforter when did he arrive acts 2 and when the day of pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were or where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Come on. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised about, that they could talk and people could hear them in the language that they were talking in. Now, when this was noised about, The multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. That's important. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? These men were all from Galilee, and the, the, the when speaking, were all from Galilee, Galilee, but the men listening were from every nation, and they heard the message, the words in their own language from men who only spoke one language amongst them. This is an important note. At the Tower of Babel, God caused men to talk in different languages to disperse from one big society. Here, He is uniting men, making it so they could all hear the call for them to come to Him in their own tongue. God calls them to hear in their own tongues, in their own language, so they could hear the call to repentance. Not some undiscernible gibberish. Every man that could talk in tongues that day, talked in the language of somebody present, so they could hear the call to repentance. The men of Jerusalem heard the disciples speak in their language, understood them in their own tongue. God wants man to hear and understand the message. God wants man to hear and understand him. He does not send nonsensical words to a room of people that no one can understand. In fact the Apostle Peter touched on this in his uh, second epistle. So 2 Peter 1 20, knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. The Bible is not Private interpretation. The Bible is general interpretation. Somebody speaking in tongues, this gibberish, is private interpretation. God has said, Peter has said, the Bible has said. The cloven tongues came down and they spoke in languages that men from every nation could understand. God gave us his word and the scriptures. There are no new revelations outside of this book. None. God told us what he wants us to know in the Bible. There are no private revelations outside of this book. God wants all to hear and come to repentance from the message he has given. So what does the Holy Spirit do? Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our Infirmities, for we know not what we, what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit's praying for you right now, Son of the Father. The Holy Spirit doesn't just teach us how to pray. He doesn't just teach us what to say. He also intercedes with us, or for us, with the Father. God has done, God will do all for us on a regular basis. He has done all for us on a regular basis. He will continue to do all for us on a regular basis we messed up he fixed it we messed up he fixed that he came and died for you he gave you life both physical and spiritual he has done everything for you he called you to him you didn't look for him he's done it all and he's continuing on by giving us the holy spirit and yet we act as if he ought to be thoroughly amazed and honored that we gave him a minute or an hour of our time God has done it all, and we act as if he should be grateful to us for being part of his life. That's not the way it works. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit teaches us to pray, teaches us what to pray for, and then he intercedes for us with that very prayer. He does it all. God is a good and gracious God who does it all. So for the last verse on the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 4, 30 and 32. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you this tells us how to behave towards our christian brothers and sisters how not to grieve the spirit we are not to cause commotions strife gossip contentions we are not to attack our brothers and sisters we are to be reunited united one body under christ the holy spirit wants One mind in the church, and that mind is in the service of Jesus. The mind full in tune with God and His will, that is what the Spirit strives for. How do we access the power of this Holy Spirit? Through prayer, through study, and through purpose together. When you go back to the beginning... We're going to go back to the first section again. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. The church, the first century Christians, the church at that time, They were all gathered together. Jesus told them he was going to send the comforter. They were gathered together. They were waiting for the comforter. They were all of one mind. They were all of one accord. Waiting on the comforter. Serving Jesus and getting the word out. That's what they were doing. Only a united church can stand against the wiles of the devil. Only a united church body can stand against sin and the gates of hell. When the day of Pentecost came, The disciples were gathered in one place of one accord. They were in a house waiting on the Holy Ghost together. They waited on the spirit before they went out and started serving. We need more people in together praying for the spirit and then moving under the power of the spirit. Then when the spirit did show up, boy, did they get on fire. They turned the world upside down. They waited on the spirit. They acted in the spirit. They moved in the power of the spirit and they turned this world upside down for Jesus. The church body, the followers of Christ need to unite. And when I say that, I know that not everybody in the church is of the same accord, but we need churches of the same accord, of the same mind, the same purpose, God and his will. God and increasing his church. That's what he wants. We need to get back to action and consequences. Accountability. Responsibility. We need accountability one to another. Accountability to God. We need to unite and stand. That is how we access the Holy Spirit and his power. Praying together. Stand together. Working together. Waiting on the spirit. That's how we access it one mind one accord when we get up and stand strong in prayer and god's word strong in faith and unity then we will have the power of the spirit and without the holy spirit we can do nothing without god we can do nothing we need men in this nation to stand wait on the spirit and they get moving in his power and his direction god wants it do we that's the question The disciples were gathered together in one place, of one mind, of one accord. We need men in this nation to gather together, one place, one mind, one accord.